Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. The APC podcast again, again, again. Here from AcmePackingCompany.com and SB Nation, a Saturday after a Sunday afternoon, pardon me, as we record this. Uh, finally, the draft has come and gone, and we are continuing our trend here of trying to make sense of it all uh, each and every day this weekend. I am Zach Rapport, and. Um, Joined by uh, the same folks you heard yesterday, again, as we record this, Alex Patakis out in Brooklyn. How you doing, man? I'm all right. How about you? Eh, eh, I'm going to give a Ben Foldy answer. Eh, you know, I'm okay. Speaking of Ben Foldy, there he is on camera this time, and holy crap, look at this quarantine beard. We're going uh, gonna to screenshot that, and with your permission, of course, put that on the Instagram, at the APC pod. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing today, man? All right. I had a nice hike in the foothills. There you go. You look like a man who just had a nice hike. <laughs> who uh, may or may not be living in a, a cabin in the woods. Um, all right, guys. The draft has uh, has come and gone, uh, as as I just said. And for all of you guys out there, if, you, uh, if this is the first you're hearing on maybe a Monday morning, uh, please do go back and listen to the rest of the content. Hours and hours of emotional fun. Uh, we did an episode after the Jordan Love pick with Tex and Alex. And then uh, we got together as well midday Saturday to do most of the rest of the draft uh, with my two friends here. And um, get some uh, real-time emotional reactions. But uh, some time has passed. And I want to open up the floor with... Um, sort of a, a squishy question because, uh, you know, the dust has settled and uh, we've all gotten some sleep. Uh, you know, we talked a lot this weekend about how this draft sort of translates into possible future success and future meaning like a year or so off. But to hear Brian Gutekunst and Lafleur tell it after the draft in their sort of press availability, uh, they feel very comfortable with their wide receiver room. I don't know why I'm cherry picking wide receiver for this setup. It just, you know, seems like something that that uh, fans care about anyway. Alex, after digesting this draft a bit more, getting some sleep, um, are you seeing any sort of benefit for the now instead of just a sea change for the, the post-Rogers era? You feel any differently or no? Um, I don't know. I don't feel any different than I felt <laughs> yesterday. I mean, I, if we're basing this just off of like getting to hear them talk about their own draft, um, I don't think... Unless I'm forgetting something, I don't really think we learned anything interesting. In fact, I think they're not going to um, say they blew it. <laughs> yeah, they're not going to say they blew it. But all some of the things that we were debating, like, does this mean this? It seems like 
we were right about a lot of those things. I mean, they say that Josiah Deguara is their version of Kyle Juszczyk. Um, so great. That's like that was like what we really hoped not to hear. And even on the pod, the previous pod, we talked about well, maybe he can be a re- real tight end. Um, and they said that's how they plan to use him. Um, and you know, as we kind of knew, they feel good enough about their receivers to not feel like they had to force a pick. And we assumed that as well. Uh, neither of those things are things I necessarily like. <laughs> so, um, again, we keep going back to this, but like. They seem really transparent now as an organization, which is so weird. It's like we can read them and like understand things and then they just validate them. And I don't know if that's good or bad, but uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm where I was, but also a day removed. I'm just like glad we don't have to like do this. And like, I'm glad draft content is going to end soon because I'm tired of talking about something that was a massive disappointment. Oh, yeah, man. You were so excited, as as you said uh, previously uh, over this last weekend, to finally get to some some semblance of live sport-like action. And it's, I don't know, it makes me sad to hear you say, ah, I'm glad that's over. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, the one interesting thing, I think, was the whole connection we didn't really realize amongst a lot of their draft picks. Uh, and The Jordan Love connection. Yeah, um, I thought that was interesting. Maybe that's more common than I think, because um, I know a lot of guys work out together, but it was interesting that Jordan Love, A.J. Dillon, and Kamal Martin, so the first, second, and fifth round picks um, of the Packers, had basically spent the better part of, like, I don't know, two months training together, and they were, like, photographed together and all this stuff. And then I think they... Didn't they sign... Um, a high school teammate of Jordan Love? Or did they draft one, maybe? Something like that. I think it was a safety they got late, right? Um, I guess it was like kind of interesting from the standpoint that maybe that just means they want to surround their future quarterback and with guys uh, that he has a relationship with who he's comfortable with and maybe like kind of start like the future Packers locker room like culture. And maybe if it really, if shit really ever hits the fan and there's like Rogers guys and far, or, uh, far guys, Rogers guys and love guys, like they got some love guys, but I don't know. That's the only thing that I think came out of yesterday that um, was new that I had zero clue about that I thought was like a little bit noteworthy. Ben, I saw you uh, shaking your head as Alex was talking about um, sort of the confirmation that uh, the intention for Josiah Deguar is to be used as a Kyle used check kind of player. Are you shaking your head uh, on on that in general or because of uh, what that means for where they drafted him or, or give us give us some details? More the latter than the former. Um, it's just kind of one of those, like, do you really take an H back in the third? Um, I also, I just can't believe that he's not going to be used as a tight end. Like, and I think he probably will. Um, yeah, I, but it's just, it's just kind of all, I don't know. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe the OJ Howard thing is a complete, like, they couldn't have traded a third, but I would just so much rather have, like, a real tight end. Yeah. A real, like, weapon tight end there um yeah i think i seem to be the only person holding the line i'm looking at the packers wire like recap of the draft and they call aj dylan the questionable pick and i'm like i still think that dylan is the best like player that i feel the best about out of the packers draft class i don't Uh, think you're alone there i don't really evaluate like offensive line or anything like that but um yeah so yeah i don't I don't 
I think I probably feel slightly worse than I did yesterday. I'm I was sure going to say, I don't know if it's just because I can see your beard and I couldn't see your beard and your face uh, yesterday, but you seem a little bit more despondent that yesterday you were like, I feel like you were the, uh, the rational one who was kind of keeping us all in check. And today you're just like, I, well, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think actually I, it, it made me more depressed to hear them talk about it. <laughs> right? <laughs> Words, they never help. Well, and I just don't actually think that they, and I got into a bit of a Twitter thing about this yesterday with Peter Bukowski, but just like, I don't, I, and I, I think I said it yesterday, I don't see any real evidence that they're very good at scouting wide receivers and especially these late round ones. Um, yeah. Production. Like there were ways to get good prospect wide receivers in the fifth and sixth round. So you um, then fundamentally disagree with, what uh, Gudekunst actually said uh, to the media yesterday, which is that once they got to that point in the draft, he didn't feel like there was anyone that could help the team now, or is that sort of a different statement? Yeah, I, I think that they, I mean, I guess if you assume that everybody improves, if there's a third year leap for EQ and MVS and um, like, sure, they're probably okay. But would I not have wanted at least like one fresh, like just in a draft this deep, there were names in the fifth and the sixth that could have been like a third, fourth candidate in other years. And uh, like thinner, thinner wide receiver class years. Um, so that was just kind of disappointing. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then, and, and, you know, and the more I stick, I, I actually think that Lazard will probably be the two over Funchess. Like I know everybody keeps talking like Funchess is the wide receiver too, whatever that means. Um, but I think that Lazard might actually see more looks than, than Funchess. Yeah. Um, but is he a good two versus a great three or like a tremendous four? <laughs> yeah. And, but like, and I, I guess the other thing with Funchess is like, he's like, I mean, he's not a tight end in a blocking sense, but he's like really big. He's a big guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I, <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's such a frustrating draft, I think, because it's just really hard to envision how it looks on the field yeah. in a practical way. Yeah. Like, if you think about, if you think about any of these players where they fit into the team last year, it obviously doesn't. Like, there's no, you know, you have, you have a fifth, a fifth round linebacker taking the place of Blake Martinez. Let's assume that's like either a wash or slightly worse. Um, that's like the only, like, from last season that really gets plugged probably right like <laughs> unless yeah. you, unless you guys see someone else i mean i and i do i do think that aj Dillon is like going to see the field a fair amount this upcoming season but i don't like that was not a problem last like running back was not a problem position for the team last year so it's hard to see like the immediate improvement or where it, and i guess that's what like really flipping everybody out right like it's you just don't see how the team got immediately better uh, in a in a 2020 NFL season sort of way. Yeah, I want to focus on uh, pass catchers for a moment because you were you were sort of talking, Ben, about I mean you're talking about what potentially could be available in the draft for the Packers, but speaking specifically about who the Packers already have on their team as pass catchers, not wide receivers, pass catchers as a broad topic, Devontae Adams, Devin Funches, Alan Lazard, EQ, MVS, Jake Kumro, Shepard, sure, Josiah, DeGuara, uh, Sternberger, Big Bob, all the backs 
um, can go out and, and catch passes. Reggie, Reggie Bagleton. Oh yeah, ba- Bagel, Bagleton, Bagel, Bagel. <laughs> so full disclosure, I mean, at the end of the season, I believe that I said that the Packers needed to replace all but like two or three of the receivers. So I want to acknowledge that. But uh, Ben, you overall, until what I heard just a moment ago, I feel like have been less worried than most about the Packers quote needing a wide receiver. With that list that I read, do you feel comfortable with that or 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 not going into this season? I feel comfortable with it. I, I wish it were a little better. Um, you know, it's not <laughs> the like ultimate hedge. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I, okay, if you're looking just at wide receivers, Devontae, Alan Lazard, MVS, Kumaro, Funches as your five, and then, you know, potentially EQ if he has a good camp. Like, I feel pretty okay with that. It's a lot of guys all kind of in the same mold, but uh, I feel pretty good with that. Um, tight end, I actually feel worse about. I don't, you know, just normal developmental curves for tight. You know, it's hard to feel worse than you. Like, I felt bad about Jimmy Graham, but not in the same way that I feel bad about, like, Sternberger, who's gotten one look being our, you know, optimal pass catching tight end going into this season right like that's just like a different scenario um the shade on big bob man not even acknowledging his existence <laughs> what is it? i mean like yeah i'm not i mean they just drafted two tight ends no you're fine running joke like, you're fine <laughs> no i know i just like i mean i guess the one thing is if you assume that aaron jones gets split out a lot you know, it's another pass catching weapon. I don't know. <laughs> are we all drinking LaCroix right now? I think we are. Are you drinking the apricot one? I was going to say, I think I get the same flavor. Right oh, now. man. Ah, we are cool and awesome losers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Alex, same question. Let's talk pass catchers. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, look, I. I I have felt the same for years. I think that we're like we're now just conditioned to like just hope that the guys we had that we kind of know aren't good enough might miraculously just like wake up uh in the following season and be better. Like I, come on, man. Like I don't care <laughs> what they say. Like to say that they feel good about the position when all they added was Devin Funches, who granted is like yeah, he's like an NFL receiver, but that's not that that's not <laughs> What kind of bar like do we have to like do we set for like how good a receiving core should be like hey he's existed in the league for a few years he's shown some signs but like it's not like he hasn't been given the opportunity to succeed either you know like there's a reason he's been on a number of teams already in a very short career um and I get that there is a little bit of upside because of his age but um yeah like I I and I understand that like okay they might have had their opinion on this draft class and the receivers that were available. And I don't evaluate draft talent. So I can't say that like, oh, you know, like I I, I know better than than them and to say that like they there was receivers that they missed out on them that are going to be good. But the actions of 31 other GMs in the NFL would suggest that they would like agree that this was a very strong receiver class. And it is no coincidence that teams were just taking them left and right. I mean, uh, the Raiders... 37 total. 37 wide receivers were drafted. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, and like some of them might have been overdrafted, and maybe we look back on this receiver class one day and we 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 say, man, remember how much we hyped it up? Like that was ridiculous. But it's clear that all the hype that surrounded this receiver class was like, you know, was stuff that other GMs believed in because they yeah. were literally flying off the board. Many a so scout for the Packers to kind of just like shrug their shoulders and just be like a little woe is me, like oh none of them fell to us. Like that to me just feels a little bit lame, you know. So. Yeah, like ESB, like maybe he will be awesome. Like that would be really fucking good. But it's the same conversation that we've been having since they started needing a receiver, which yep. is like since Randall Cobb kind of tried to tail off and since everybody else got old and Devontae Adams suddenly looked like the only one. And I can't like I can't anymore. I, I, I can't muster up any optimism <laughs> for like the undrafted free agent that shows some glimpses because I've done it too many times. Like, and I'm yeah. just not, I'm not going down that road again. So uh, I want to be wrong, but it, to me, it just feels like a really lame excuse for them. Like coming out of a draft with, with a huge hole in their roster, you know, yeah. like, um, yeah. Like what did they fill? Like nothing. Right. <laughs> I mean, I, unless you consider running back a hole. Yeah, well, they as as uh, Ben alluded to, they they replaced Blake Martinez with a player who could potentially maybe end up being as good and will make less money for a while. That's but in terms of what we went into the draft thinking as fans that the team needed and gaps that needed to be filled. I think that's it. So they saved some cash, basically. Yep. They saved some cash and took a big gamble on the next 10 years of the franchise at quarterback, um, which is still exciting. Like, don't get me wrong. Like that's, if Jordan love is good, none of this, literally nothing we're talking about matters. <laughs> um, that's true. But that's also something that we probably won't know for a number of years. So yeah, it's at the very least, it's not satisfying. I'm just comparing like old, Packers receivers. I'm, I'm looking up to see Alan Lazard's age 24 season compared to other Packers receivers of, of recent. 52 targets for 477 yards, three touchdowns, catch percentage of 67.3, which is pretty pretty good. That's over what 13, 16 games. He played all 16 games. Oh, I forgot. Can you hit the breaking news sounder? You got it. Did you guys see the big the big NFL news of today? Roger Goodell has changed his T-shirt. No, uh, <laughs> uh, Jay Cutler and Cavallari are getting divorced. Oh, I did yeah. see that. I, I did that. see that. That's the big news. I I forget who I saw someone on the uh, ABC Slack chat. I forget. I think it was Chris Burke. I don't want to credit the wrong person, but said that uh, uh, he tried to serve divorce papers and they were intercepted. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Hey But I will say Lazard Lazard Rude. had a better a better year twenty four season. I mean Lazard at twenty four was better than Jones at twenty four and twenty five. James Jones. I mean granted these are like a little more stacked teams, but yeah, Jones yeah. is still yeah. getting a, Jones is still getting a ton of targets. More targets than Lazard got on, on a lot of those teams. Really? Yeah. Oh. Uh Jones' oh. rookie year, he got eighty targets for oh. six seventy six. 14.4 yards per reception, much lower catch catch percentage as we probably remember. Oh yeah. Um that was a also thing. Also Jones Jones used to fumble all the time. That's what I remember. Yeah, his rookie season he fumbled three times. 
season two, he had a big drop off in targets. Season three, he had about the Lazard look, 62 targets, 32 receptions, 440 yards. So what's your thesis then based on that? It's just that Alan Lazard is better than people think. And there's more like, I really do think that Lazard has a lot of upside. Um, it's not new. Anybody who's been listening to this podcast for the last like year or so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know. I mean, I guess one thing we should talk about is what do we think about the defense? Yeah. The one thing that nobody's mentioned in the past like, week. Oh, did you give Tyler Irvin a shout in your people who might catch a pass list? <laughs> oh, I didn't. No. Forgot about him. Sorry, Swervin. Sorry, it's a buddy. crowded back room uh, for the running backs room if that's the room he's in. And if Guadera or whatever is in it. DeGuara. I would keep going the G first because I work with a guy whose name is almost identical, but the G is where the D is. Um, Let's call him Josiah. Sounds like a very biblical name. Yeah, I want to say Josiah. <laughs> it's just easier. May or may not be Amish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Ben, defense. Yeah. What about it? I don't know. You brought it up. <laughs> no, I'd say, I just I guess, I guess, I mean, is anybody else surprised that they didn't really spend any resources on defense? I am. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, based on the last couple years and sort of what we know about their, their draft trends, I mean, they spent so many years taking a ton of uh, a ton of secondary players, but then also always um, defensive linemen, especially interior, somewhere there in the in the meat of the draft, and they definitely did not do that. Um, and that's an area that you know they they need more help with. I mean, you got you got Clark. You assume they're going to re-sign him, but but you need you do need more. Yeah, um, you know they spent a lot of money on defense and free agency last year, and that went a long way. But they're even, man, I, I guess, okay. So did they overachieve defensively last year? Like they were decent. They were really good at times, but like all told their defense as a whole, like the entire season was like, what? Okay. I guess really struggling as a run defense. As I would an say. average score. Yeah. Yeah. I would say on the plus side of, okay. And they've added, I mean, I'm not trying to be uh, like sound like a. I mean, they've added just like two. They've added if guys who you figure have a chance to play and be on the field a decent amount on defense. They've added a replacement for Blake Martinez in Kirksey, and then a insurance at that position in the fifth round of the draft. Yeah. What else? You know, like it's just it's just hard to. I think the hardest part about this whole thing is just it's really hard to see where they got better from a personnel yeah. standpoint, unless the existing personnel just improves. And that's in so many places though. Yeah. So it's similar to your, to your wide receiver point. It's like we're going on year, whatever of them saying, well, Tyler Lancaster needs to step up. <laughs> be that right. Other exactly. guy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also in the secondary a little bit, I mean, there, there's, there, there's a lot of promise there in, in certain players. And then you're banking on some other guys like, being really good uh, or continuing to grow into something that's like a respectable borderline starter in the NFL. I don't know. It's just a little scary, I guess. 
and I they only have so much money, but uh, you know, like <laughs> it's so weird that no holes are plugged for coming out of a draft. That's that's it. That's just like I think that's my biggest thing. It's just like where do you feel better today than you did the day before, or or after the draft than you did before? The offensive line two years from now. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But like, I mean, hot John Runyon take coming at you. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Teams aren't built overnight. I get that. Like championship teams, all that stuff. But the other weird thing is, like, I think we're all in agreement that this team overperformed as thirteen and three. We went over that yesterday. But none of these moves are the kind of team that t- are the move the kind of moves that takes an eight and eight, you know, nine and seven team to a you know 11 and 5 12 and 4 team right i mean do you see any of those i mean jordan love potentially but well i mean no but not, not next year a, like next year it yeah, feels yeah, no, more like so that's what i mean it's like it's like, it's like banking on you know, some of the same luck to happen again while also building for the future but again banking on luck now yeah right i mean to me i mean i guess i i do understand why they didn't put a lot of draft capital to the defense after basically putting nothing but draft capital, like nothing towards the offense for the last two seasons, basically. Here's my only thought uh, that I, I could try to spin positively. Cause I, I don't want to, uh, you know, uh, three days in a row of just like being sad is just it's a lot for me. So I'm going <laughs> to, here's how I think that things can change from them being an overachieving team last year to being maybe a legitimately good team this year. Uh, you have to bank on Aaron Rodgers another year older and a worse offensive line being better than he's been in the last like three seasons. So good luck with that. But they, it's possible because he's Aaron Rodgers. Because and and maybe maybe if I have to be like, I'm, I'm hoping at this point it it it, it, it doesn't make sense. But um, maybe by having as many options in the backfield for him, things will get a little bit easier, and he'll have less pressure to make as many downfield throws. And therefore, um, you know, that they'll be a little bit more efficient as an offense. Like, I don't know. We feel like a check down team right now. We That's what it feels like, you know, yep. and, and yep. teams have won like that before. So maybe we should embrace it. But adjust, I think that adjust our expectations. Well, yeah, it's just it's hard to accept that because of what Rodgers has been and what the Packers have been. Yeah, I don't want most of his career. <laughs> like, you know, I I don't yeah. I don't want to go into that. And uh, yeah, anyway, wow, I, I got sad again when I was trying to be positive and like say like maybe things can go really well and I just could be like, you know, just go like kind of crazy and I just don't I don't see it. That's the just the I think a reflection of the the moment that we're in the times, the times that we're in. One more point that I think I I, I do want to hit on, um, and maybe it is a bit uh, negative here. Alex, uh, you had mentioned the perception, maybe the perception around the league from from other GMs and other scouts really was that this wide receiver class was stacked, and and maybe the Packers missed out on that. A lot of people think that uh, the Packers, you know. Missed a lot in this draft. In fact, we see the draft grades coming in. Not, and I don't know how much either of you give a crap about those sort of fast reaction draft grades a day or two after the whole thing has concluded. But uh, as we established here uh, just before we hit record, 
Um, the Packers draft grade roundly the worst by a significant uh, margin uh, across sort of the uh, the the pundit sphere, the roto worlds, the PFFs, and and all of the individual players in between. Everything from a from a C minus to a straight up fail. Alex, I'll start with you. Is that something you give a crap about? Well, do you think it's accurate? And do you care? And I don't know. It's a bad I mean, question. We, uh, Help we're me not going to know. I mean, again, like we're not going to know it's accurate until years from now. So, like, do I care? Um, not that much, but it does sting a little. And and I would say that it does. It's it stings because that's also very new to us. You know, like the Ted Thompson had some really bad drafts. But I guarantee you coming out of those drafts, we didn't think that they were terrible drafts. Yeah. You know, so like coming out of a draft that we think is terrible is a is a somewhat new feeling. And maybe we're so wrong and it ends up being great. Um, but I, I, I don't know. It takes some getting used to being like, what are they? What in the hell are they doing? Because with a Ted Thompson draft, even when he made some crazy moves, you kind of just assumed he was like smarter than everyone and that it was going to end up being like the most genius thing that happened as opposed to like a really head scratching thing. So, um, you know, I, man, I, I, I don't, I don't care that much about analysts draft grades. However, I don't think, I don't think they're wrong to call the Packers draft the worst run. I guess nobody wants to be the worst draft. Like it's just it's not true. what you want. Well, not just the worst, but like the worst by a significant margin, yeah. according to this like mass survey. Um, I think there's two things that crop up. I don't really care about the grades per se, but I do think that they are an indictment of the Packers' valuation of players relative to consensus, right? Yeah. Like those grades aren't necessarily saying these are bad players. What they're saying is that the Packers made somewhat inexplicable decisions to take certain players at certain spots, right? Yep. Like, I mean, if if for whatever reason the Packers didn't have a first round draft pick this year, and like took all of the players that we're talking about in the second, you know, couple thirds, you know, this probably gets an A or not an A, but like it probably gets like a different evaluation as a as a draft class, right? Yeah. Um. So I think that's where the fear is with the grades for me is just that it's like an indictment of, of the valuation of the players. Um. And maybe. And also, I guess, just broader draft strategy, right? Like, you know, we went from a team that doesn't value off-the-ball linebackers to apparently a team that doesn't value wide receiver, which is still kind of bizarre. Um, the other thing that I think is dawning on me is that one of the reasons that this draft is so unnerving is that it seems to be the collect- like, and Alex, you kind of alluded to this. Like, when Ted Thompson drafted, you knew it was Ted Thompson drafting. And with this, you look at it and you're like, is this Gutekunst? Is this Matt LaFleur? Is this Russ Ball? Like, chiming in and being like, oh, you're going to have to, like, cut Aaron Jones at the end of the season, so we might as well draft a running back in the second. Um, and I think that, you know, the, the only draft that I can compare it to is the, in my in my Packers fandom memory, is the only draft I remember coming up. No, I didn't even come out away from that draft feeling as bad about that one as I did about this one. But the um, the uh, Mike Sherman draft with BJ Ryan in the third, and uh, or not BJ Ryan, um, uh, no BJ Ryan, right? BJ Sander, what was that punter's name? Yeah, it was yeah, Sander. Sander. BJ Sander. Um, 
like that was but like at that one you know you knew you knew whose feet to lay that at right and i look at this draft and i don't know whose feet to lay it at and the fact that all these people are like mutually reinforcing one another is only more confusing to me um and it makes me worry that i don't understand what's going on i mean mm-hmm. it, it, that's fundamentally what everybody's freaked out about right like nobody understands what's going on yeah, and I guess to put a bow on that and sort of a finer point as we get ready to get out of here, you know, if we look at last year's rapid reaction NFL draft grades, I'm looking at NFL.com now. So the 2019 draft, some teams that did really well in that draft include Washington with an A, the Panthers got an A, the Bengals got an A minus, the Raiders got a B. I think you're seeing the trend here. So that's not to say that this was an awesome draft for the Packers, but um, I don't know, a little, a little, some, some shimmering. What did, what did, what did you say, Ben, last <laughs> yesterday? Shimmering garbage, some, sh- something shimmering amongst the garbage. Maybe something a life raft to hold on to for Packers fans. And uh, with that, I think we are going to hit the polka and get out of here. So thanks, everyone, for tuning in. A long weekend of draft content. And again, if uh, you're waking up on Monday morning, tuning in Monday afternoon, whenever it is. And this is the first draft content you are hearing from us and you want more. There is more, plenty more back up to the last, the previous two episodes. We talked a lot about Jordan Love gut reactions. So very emotional, Alex, uh, myself and Tex. Uh, Tex bringing the facts, of course, on that player. That was great. Um, And then yesterday, the follow-up episode rounds two all the way through six. And uh, we were recording live as round seven was was about to start. So two through six and a lot of reactions there. A lot of great content for you guys. I think it's like two hours of content. So we're all trapped inside. Uh, Some of us, unfortunately, like myself, no longer have full-time jobs. So plenty of time uh, for Packers content. And uh, yeah, give it a listen. And if you like what you hear and you want to help us out, patreon.com slash notenugs, N-O-T-E-N-U-G-S, patreon.com slash notenugs. We thank all of our patrons. Some some more of those have been uh, trickling in, and we really, really, really appreciate uh, your support. The free way to support the show is on iTunes. Find us there. Hit that five-star review button right quick, uh, please, and thank you. So for Alex Patakis, at Alex Patakis on Twitter, Ben Foldy at Ben Foldy on Twitter. I am Zach Rapport at Zach Rapport. Follow the show on Twitter at the APC Pod. Also, Instagram at the APC Pod, where you can see a picture today. I'll post it now uh, in our story of Ben's quarantine beard. Didn't get a picture of all three of us holding up all their croys, but the world goes on. You will survive. All right, guys, the draft is in the books, and uh, we are licking our wounds collectively as Packers fans. There's still stuff to be excited about long off season ahead. And yeah, keep it locked into acmepackingcompany.com for all things Packers. See you soon. <laughs>